Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight, episode 156, but truthfully, it's kind of 155 part two. Uh, anybody that was with us last week, they noticed that we ended kind of abruptly. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, incident outside with some weather and a pole and some wines. And long story short, lost internet, couldn't broadcast. Uh, and I tried to mention that in the comments here and there, that way people knew what was going on, because we, we did have a couple messages come in, Ben, I forgot to tell you. People were like, uh, did your, uh, did your show abruptly end, or did you plan for that? <laughs> so anyway, it's all out there, yeah, it abruptly ended, we did not plan for that. We actually tried to rebroadcast a little bit there, because the internet came back, went off, came back, went off. It was like 24 hours before I had stable internet again, but long story short... It kind of pooped the bed, and we're coming back tonight to try and finish our talk, which, uh, good for us, because we can get to finish our thought. Kind of, I'm not going to say crappy for you guys, because honestly, you're just going to hear more of the information. We had uh, a few listeners on there that seemed to be pretty interested in it, so I think it's a pretty good idea just to go where we were. And that being said, Ben, you were mentioning right where we were just before we came on air, so would you like to uh, bring everybody up to speed for me? And I am going to do the last of our advertising. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so just as we abruptly, like he said, abruptly ended, uh, we were just about to bring up the concept of the barrel bags. And this is the, usually there are blue barrels, although I have seen a couple of different colors. And there's a harness system that hooks on it. And they're really good for when you're in the canoes, kayaks and stuff, and you can just sort of strap that down. It The top of the barrel locks down pretty securely with a, a metal ring, I believe, generally, or a screw on. Um, and really, you know, you can tip your, your boat, you can float, you don't have to worry about your gear getting wet. Uh, my experience with them has been somewhat minimal. I got a couple of friends who have them and you can stuff them pretty tightly. Don't have to worry about ripping or anything, but, uh, didn't find them personally that comfortable to carry around. Then again, if you compare it to a, say a portage bag, they're relatively big shapeless bags and they don't hold their weight really close to you they're not most comfortable in the world either but they do allow you to just shove stuff in generally most portage bags are mm. probably what like between 80 and 120 yeah, i was gonna say they're one. they're massive bags but like you said and we kind of touched on last episode was they're just kind of getting across point a to point b it's not one you're going to load all your stuff in and go for a weekend camping trip with it's legitimately for what it is used for in its name uh if you're boating or something like that all your stuff goes in keeps it a little dry and if you have a little extra gear like your sleeping bag and stuff like that jam it all in as you're portaging the boat you can just get it to where it needs to be to get it back in the boat and continue on with your adventure not really something you're gonna you know oh my gear's here fire it on your back and off you go through the woods realistically somebody out there might have done that not gonna be for me uh it's awkward not as easy to carry but as ben said you can get through it what's up babe i'm in a bag i am you gonna say hi hi i mean i'm in the it, i'm i'm watching a video there say hi 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 <laughs> did you hear that ben yep all right babe go watch the video <clears throat> yeah and like generally here some of the longest portages i tend to do when i'm taking the canoe or the, the kayaks in is probably two maybe maybe three kilometers three two point something is, is not uncommon but most portages are aren't even that long no i was gonna say and and don't 
get me wrong, I'm not uh, an avid boater. Don't have a boat. I usually beg, plead, steal, borrow boats, things like that. We've mentioned that in other podcasts. But I very rarely traveled like a kilometer, kilometer and a half. It's a pretty long portage for me. You know what I mean? Most of them, you're literally going like a kilometer. That's a that's an average portage. You're just clearing a little bit of land you couldn't boat through, basically. Um, well, we're going to fix that problem this year, aren't we? We're going to make sure you get something in that water. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> putting pressure on you for years. Hey, I, I've got the racks now. <laughs> so I don't have the excuse of, ah, but buy a boat, I have no way of getting it home. I think technically I have the racks, but... Okay. There's racks between us. <laughs> the racks have been paid for, and they're in Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures' hands. Is that safe? <laughs> hey, yeah, Chris, welcome to the show, bud. As soon as possible. <laughs> Not stealing them. But, yeah, so, I mean, those are some other options. And I think if you look at the last show, anyone who missed, just go back and watch it. We talked about the bigger bags and... Things like that. So your full-size packs, your portages bags we just brought in, things like that. Um, day packs, I think we've kind of mentioned, backpack types, type things. And mm -hmm. we were just, once we'd finished that one thing, we kind of wanted to get into sort of smaller options. Um, and one I had wanted to bring up, but I, I think I'll get to that one shortly, is... I think I may have shown this before. You've seen this before. I it's my vest bag. Yes. And, and I think there's a couple of styles you can get. Uh, if you look at uh, fly fishing and stuff like that, and, and just fishing in general, you get a lot of fishing uh, vests. This here is like a tactical vest. Uh, and honestly, I have a 30-liter pack, and everything that fits into this, and it doesn't look like it when you when you put it on in that it's anywhere near the same size but i have about 30 liters worth of gear in this pack yeah and you know the beauty of these setups uh and i think i mentioned before i had web gear something similar to what ben has there i didn't bring it in simply because i literally use it for wildland firefighting to be perfectly honest and it's filled with my crap and it's in with my fire gear so i left it there uh there's just so dang comfortable yeah it may be lower carrying capacity depending on the setup you have like you said you've got quite a bit in yours mine's a little little less it's it's kind of like a butt pack and two side packs uh there was a back container for it uh since long lost that in a fire i think i lost that maybe porters like fire or something like that but anyway um does that pack convert into a shelter too this pack no no, but I do know the ones you're talking about, and, well, kind of. I've seen them, are those the ones that have, like, instead of a rain fly, it's like a great big tarp that comes out and you can stake that down for a shelter? Because I have seen a pack like that. Didn't know if it was a legit thing or a gimmick, to be perfectly honest with you, Chris. Uh, do you get any more information on that? Be interested to hear about it. But, yeah, back to the web gear. Super comfy. Generally, the web gear and the pack, like Ben has there, nice wide straps on them. They sit really well in your hips. That Like, they cinch right in. They're They're really nice. Yeah. Um, this one, every now and then I take it apart, I, I redo it. This one's done up for my search and rescue. So similar idea. I have a purpose for it. I use it once in a while. And every now and then I forget that there's pouches on this thing that I haven't been using. And in one of the pouches, I have hidden an entire survival bag kit. Um, 
shelf it. And yeah, here it is. And it's one of these uh, reflective tent style things. So, no, it, it doesn't make itself into a shelter, but it contains an entire shelter that, honestly, I forget I have. You know what? One of my plans for this summer, I'm going to go stay a night in the woods with one of those. It's going to make oh. a video, see how it goes, or how it fails, but that's all I'm taking is that, and we'll see how it... I'm, I'm really hoping between us we're able to get a few scheduled trips to do stuff like that. What name brand does your uh, pack have there? Chris Loveless is asking, that's all. Uh, the closest thing I have to a label on it is right here on the back, and it says Backpack Tactical Loadberry. <laughs> all right, may have to do some digging there, Chris. Uh, if we find any more information out about it, we'll do a little investigating too. Yeah, we'll definitely throw it up in the comments funny. of the video. I may have to turn that ring light off for that. Yeah, I was going to say, you got a bad reflection there, Ben. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. The logo, more than anything, might be the thing to track down, but have to do a little investigating, see what we can find out. Anyways, yeah. Um, it. I picked it up at the... Uh, army surplus that used to be in elmsdale the, the 102 surplus which has since shut down uh i haven't seen ones exactly like it very often i have even searched google and amazon i haven't found ones exactly but you can find different ones uh load bearing vest or something along those lines uh web gear and stuff like that but i i carry a shocking amount of gear in that and you hardly notice and the nice thing with all the pockets if you're somewhat organized and you can keep it straight in your head, everything's right at your fingertips. Mm. And because it's spread out over your body so much, even though maybe the whole pack itself weighs more than maybe some lighter weight packs, it distributes it so evenly across your body, you really don't notice it as much. And that's what I found with my web gear, once again, why I use my web gear for wildland firefighting. All the fire gear that I'd carry with me while I was in the woods firefighting, I could put in this pack, distribute over my body, and literally, like, um, if anybody's seen natural resources out on a fire, we go, I shouldn't say we, I'm no longer employed with them, but a 16-hour day is not uncommon, you know what I mean? And you're carrying that stuff nonstop, and I fell in love with my web gear simply for that reason. It distributes the weight so well, once you get used to it and you have her strapped down, you can literally wear that all day doing your normal activities and no problems. Um, so vests are definitely a great idea. I, I do like the concept. Um, and like I said, it's, it's sort of somewhere between below your 50, 60 liter pack. It really fits into your day use pack size, but properly strapped up. Cause I can strap stuff externally to this. And I've done a few things that I don't know if you can kind of see, I have these extra ropes in here, these really quick adjustable rope lines i can strap some extra gear on it and there's some straps underneath i could strap a small sleeping bag or something so i could do an overnight trip with that no problem uh almost the way it is but you know throw an extra small sleeping bag in it a couple of small things get rid of some of this the search gear and uh like i have a pouch full of popsicle sticks for tracking purposes hmm. um where that where you basically stick one down by the heel of each foot 
anyways, that's just a different That's topic. a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, definitely a whole other show. And one that I'm not sure I'm qualified to tell. <laughs> but I, I, I could try. Um, but yeah, a, a good option. Uh, we both have experience with them. So if anyone's kind of wanting to look at that as possibly an option, something to make it a little easier to get through the woods and carry a load. I mean, especially going through thick brush and stuff, it's a lot easier than trying to go through with a big pack. Um, I'm really surprised I haven't seen the ultralight guys really latch onto those as much. Yeah, me too, kind of, to be honest with you, simply because you can get a small, like, and I shouldn't say small, it, it's like a big pouch for mine anyway that literally straps onto the back of it so you would have the web gear, then essentially uh, a medium-sized backpack on the back. <clears throat> now I did have it here the other night. I didn't bother grabbing it again this time. Um, the next kind of thing we could talk a little bit about is the, especially the military style, like the the more rugged ones, but the fanny pack butt pack concept. Yeah. And that's that's where you have a single storage compartment with maybe a couple of pockets on it and just wraps around your belt. So a belt pack maybe. I still got mine on here? No. I don't. Alright. Kind of similar to this sucker here, but just a little bigger. Like, picture two of those together. And, uh, basically, yeah, it just attaches on a belt system. The one I have, uh, is Molly set up, and you can run it through, like, a load belt of some sort. Um, what I like to use... If you give me one second there to disappear... Believe it or not, I am not destroying my office. Trying some hard, but um, so a belt like this is what yeah. I like, and and this is a good rigid belt, uh, and you can slap one on that, and it sits well on the body. If you team it up with some keepers, uh, which I don't actually have on this belt, but. Uh, if, uh, keepers just attach like a rigid belt like this to your inner belt or something like that so it doesn't move around a lot and those are excellent for putting those butt packs on fanny packs something like that if they don't come with their own straps or if they do come with a strap and you want to replace it I do find that's a little nicer option just uh, I'm gonna send you a link probably in a second okay um, then we might go through it but the one I have yeah A lot like this one here. As soon as it comes up, um, I didn't think of it just before I did this show. I grabbed a bunch of other stuff, but uh, it has the belt built in. It also has a strap so you can throw it over your shoulder. Um, and I had a bunch of my camera gear and stuff in it. I tried it for a few things. It's it's a decent size. I'd say ten to twelve liters potentially. Um, there it goes. Just came in. Yeah. All right. So, did I get it right? There we go. So that's a Condor deployment bag, is what the name of it is. Thirty-four dollars. Not overly expensive, but you can get a ton of stuff in one of those little butt packs. Oh man, and mine isn't the Condor one. Maybe it's similar to the Max Edition one. Yeah, it definitely is much more similar to that one. But if you look that up, just uh, it has. Four 
pockets all total, one in the very back that's the same width, one on either side and the main one, and there's compartments within it. There's a spot for a whole belt that can actually put in the back. I have a couple of molly webs in the back, like this one here, that you can hook onto another back, uh, another molly backpack, plus you're going to add gear on top of this. As you can see, it sort of keeps growing. The beauty of this is a great day thing. So if you have a big molly backpack and you take that, then when you get there and you just want something for the day, you can take that. Just throw it over your shoulder, wrap it around your belt, put it up front, put it behind. It's got a lot of options. You can throw snacks, first aid kit, maybe a small shelter. Like you can get a lot in these things. A uh, few tools. Um, I was able to put my entire camera set up in it. Uh, the issue I kind of had with this and uh, my wife noticed this, is it's not always comfortable when you wear it as a belt. I had it around my, like with the big strap around my shoulder, and it flopped around a lot. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, strapped to another pack as, a, as an add-on, and then just being able to take it and use it for a few hours here or there has a lot of advantages because it's sort of not in the way. You know what I mean? No, I definitely know what you mean. And that's kind of what we talked about last week where you kind of got to set the pack for the trip you're planning to to take. That way you're not, uh, and we self-admitted last week that, well, at least me. I'm not going to speak for Ben. I overpack. Always do. If I got 50 liters, I'm going to pack 50 liters. You know what I mean? And if I'm just going up the road, I probably don't need 50 liters worth of stuff. No, I'm... And it's, it's one of those things when you have the extra space, you tend to fill it. So getting it down and, and it, it really does help you, you know, pack better when you're forcing yourself down to a smaller size. Uh, you make decisions then when you, when you can't take something, you have to look at your gear and say, can I eliminate a piece of gear or can I go with a smaller or lighter piece of gear that I can replace? Because uh, if you can replace you know, downsize two pieces of gear, that may save you all the room you need, one size. And eliminating a piece of gear means, did I really need it at all? So, um, Pace Driver from the comments there said web gear. Uh, I'm not sure if you were asking what that is or not, but this is kind of what mine looks like, if that's the question you have there. Um, so as you can see, it's, it's much like a giant butt pack with a couple extra pouches on the side uh, and a good harness that kind of comes up around you and as you can see with this one I don't know if you can see my mouse or not but at the top on the shoulders there's a couple extra clips and that's where that backpack attachment would you know kind of clip into this and then you'd have a backpack to go along with it I know my old when I was in the reserves we had the rucksack and one of the add-ons was the butt pack and you could use just the butt pack or you could have it attached to your rucksack and it just made each piece modular. Uh, that's where the Molly gear kind of really came in in later years, I believe, when it, it became really popular, was it allowed you to... Oh, yeah, there's this. No, there's the backpack attachment. I lost that somewhere on a fire, I admit. Stupid of me, but I set it down and walked away and never found it again. So somebody needed it more than me, I think. And with... With that backpack attachment, I mean, you're probably looking at equivalent to a 70-liter bus bag. Yeah, uh, I think the backpack, or at least this one here, it says it's, uh, what is it, 1,152 cubic inches. So whatever that converts to in liters. But um, I, I did find the backpack a little bit 
bulky on it. There is another option that I always wanted. Uh, and it, it, it's kind of this one here, which is a half backpack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which will keep the weight a little lower on you, more on your hips, less banging around your back. And I always thought that would be a better option for that setup. So that's what I ultimately wanted. I ended up getting the other one and then and subsequently lost it. But, you know. <laughs> so the next piece of gear that I kind of wanted to bring up, and it's just something I'm getting into now, is this little guy here. Uh, and this is a sling pack. Um, so with this one, you have like a single main strap that goes cross body. Uh, and when you're using it, you can just sling it from your back to your front and it sits across the front and allows you to access it um, through one side. Um, and this particular one does have a second strap that goes across your body the other way and meets the front one to a Y and that stabilizes it really good when it's on your back. Oh, see, mine doesn't have that. Mine doesn't have that additional strap. Mine just has the single sling. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason I, one of the reasons I like this one, uh, the, the butt pack system that we were talking about earlier, with the cross strap that you could also use, had a few options. It was for my camera gear. It was a light day pack or something that you just make in a small trip and you have a few pieces of gear or a small amount of food or something you want to carry. Not a ton of stuff. Um... In case anyone's wondering, this is just an Amazon Basics, and it's got some pretty good reviews on on uh, YouTube and possibly a review from us coming up. Uh, I have already shot some of that. The other thing is this one's been modified already to handle my gear, and that we do have a video that will be released in a few days. Yeah, so be sure to look for that. Ben and I were talking uh, maybe Friday, Friday evening, something like that. That gives people a chance to listen to the podcast here. And if you do want to check it out, by all means, uh, it's scheduled to release. And uh, Ben did a really good job of it. So if you're interested in one of these sling bags and you have some camera gear and you want to kind of fine-tune it, definitely check the video out. I had the pleasure of watching it yesterday. Uh, really great idea. Done some things I wouldn't have met, thought of. And... Uh, it gave me some ideas for some other things. So definitely check it I'm, out. I'm pretty pleased how it came out. Uh, without going into too much detail and repeating a, a bunch of stuff, these are generally set up for DSL cameras, so they have some foam blocks inside. You can put all your stuff in and keep it secure. Those foam blocks are easily removed because they're just Velcro. And you got a good pouch there. You got a nice little pouch up front for some additional accessories, food, whatever, a pouch up uh, in the back, and a nice little pocket on the side that allows us to uh, take a tripod or a drink or something outside. Uh, the other nice thing about this particular one, uh, as with a lot of gear we've talked about, is a deployable raincoat. Mm. Uh, so I think we talked about that with the bigger packs. Yep. Uh, and that, that's one of the things I think either you, you want a bag that is waterproof itself or water resistant. Or it has that rain cover if you're going to carry anything you're worried about getting wet. And I was just about to say, if you've got your electronics in there, that rain cover is just, it's just amazing. I've actually, I didn't know I had one for the longest time in that sling bag. Uh, it was actually what? Melissa that pointed it out to me. She was like, oh, you got an extra pocket in the back. And I went, oh, yeah, it's probably just for a hydration bladder or something like that, right? She opens it up and this whole bag falls. And I'm like, what the heck is this thing? I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's a it's a rain cover. Sweet. And then after I knew I had it, 
Uh, I actually ended up using it a couple times, and it keeps everything inside pretty good and dry. I mean, I wouldn't throw it in a river, but if you got uh, an unexpected rainfall, definitely going to do the trick. Well, and I've been in some rains that it's, I swear it came from all directions. So, uh, And something to cover it and keep the moisture off it, definitely good, especially if you're carrying sensitive electronics. I mean, cameras, phones, GPSs. Usually GPSs are somewhat waterproof, but all this stuff has its limitations and keeping it out of the water. What else do we tend to carry in the woods now? Uh, phone, cameras, GPSs, uh, headphones. Yeah, MP3 players, video cameras, which I mean, 99% of this all wraps up into a cell phone nowadays, to be perfectly honest with you. Some of us carry drones, uh, you know, fun cameras that do special things. Ben? Hey, we need our toys. Hey, I'm jealous, so, that's all. Right. <laughs> uh, and some not-so-special things, but are very valuable, like toilet paper. You need to keep this stuff dry. <laughs> fails really quick when it's wet um if you don't have something that goes outside to protect your pack and i mean i think that's really good the other option of course inside of any of these packs is small dry bags yep. if you can't get your hands on small dry bags go down to your local grocery store and pick up some ziploc bags four or five different sizes and you'll pretty well cover yourself get the extra large freezer bags they're usually a little sturdier and you can Pretty well line a good size backpack with one of those. Well, funny enough, Chris just said uh, down here if there's going to be water, rain, etc. He likes to use the sea lime waterproof bags. Personally, he uses 75 liter ones and it works just works like a charm, no water ever problem. So there's yeah. lots of options out there. But it's nice right. to have it built in. Is It's kind of only what we were saying, you know what I mean? Uh, if it's in the backpack, it functions nice. It's a nice feature to have. If you don't have one, not the end of the world. Even a garbage bag. Works really well. Just fire it over your backpack. Um, the the big one I've seen often recommended, a lot of people do, and I've done it myself, is the contractor style. It's a slightly heavier plastic. Mm. Put your put it in your pack and then put everything on top of that. Just fold, roll it up, fold it over, push it in, in, and it might not take complete submersion, but even if you drop your bag in and picked it back up, your stuff is going to be dry. Uh, it would probably stay dry for a few seconds underwater. At some point, I'm sure it would leak, air would get out, and water could get in. But it will keep your gear a lot drier for a long time. Uh, the sea line bags, or even any of these different brands, a lot of mine are no-name brands, but I have them with little straps on them. I have some big ones, some small ones. Uh, some of them go into patents. Some of them I just leave out. I have a small, I think it's, I th think they say it's like a four or five liter. You won't get a two-liter bottle in it. But, man, I throw all my snacks and stuff in, and I just clip it right onto the gunnel on my boat mm -hmm. or into the, the, the stern or the bow, wherever I'm going to be. And that's where I put my snacks and, and my phone and stuff for the day. And if I need it, it's something I can quickly grab, open up, and go. Um, and if I'm hiking, oftentimes that same one just gets clipped to, to my belt and my pack, and it's there. So then I have some, you know, the little things that you want that, don't quite fit in your pocket. Yeah, dry bags are honestly essential if you're going to do any some if you're going to do any amount of serious outdooring, if that makes sense. If that, yeah, okay. Because uh, nobody ever plans to get wet 
Or if they do plan to get wet, it's usually never a problem. It's always the unexpected things. And it's not just, oh, the sudden rainstorm. That is a giant pain. Uh, but I mean, with technology nowadays, you can generally tell what the weather's going to be like. You know what I mean? It's the, you step into the unknown water thinking it's only ankle deep. And all of a sudden you find a spot that's like chest deep because <laughs> that's happened walking along in the woods. I've been going, uh, down like old Porter trails and stuff like that. There's, you know, a little bit of water in it. I'm wearing some pretty good boots. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to walk through it. And you're walking, walking, walking. All of a sudden, it's just, and, you know, you're up to your neck to water. And you're like, well, what the heck happened? Now, everything is soaked. If you didn't have the dry bags, everything inside the bag is soaked. And you got nothing dry to put on. <laughs> and if it's getting in the fall or spring or something like that, that could potentially be a problem for you out there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, getting wet and it getting cold... That's a recipe for disaster. We've talked about that in previous shows, and it, it's just not great. So for the sake of some dry bags, and honestly, you can find dry bags at the dollar store. Uh, Mel and I have picked up a couple from the dollar store on several different occasions, and they work decent. Um, Steve was nice enough to send a little better dry bag our way, and I tried that out, and it works really nice too, but... The, the big thing is, it doesn't take much to keep your stuff dry. It's definitely a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. I've, uh, I've used some of the cheapest ones, some of the more expensive ones. I've found things I've liked about all of them. Some of them have valves. When you crush them down, you can get the air out and close them up. Those are really neat. Um, and I've used Ziploc bags. Like I said it from the beginning. I mean, it, you can use that. Uh, the problem with Ziploc bags, they don't tend to last super long. Mm -hmm. You get a trip, maybe two out of them, and it tends to be it. The proper dry bags, you're going to get more trips out of them, and, and you're going to be a little bit more secure. Um, some of them have clear panels, which are really good when you put have a whole bunch of the same color. You can look in and see what's in there. Um, lots of options out there. Uh, but, yeah, keep your gear dry. Uh, I wanted to mention something with puddles because I've had this experience. If you see the bottom and it's not rocky, don't trust it. Because especially boggy area. <laughs> I was about to say, I know this from bogs. Yeah. You're walking around in bog and you see, oh, look, oh, I can see the bottom of the water's nice and clear. And your foot hits it and that bottom is nothing. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's just loose debris. <laughs> Where was it? It was out back Lemon Hill. Yeah. Uh, same thing, crossing a boggy area. At this point, we'd already gotten a little wet, me and a buddy that I worked with, and we just stopped caring. We were on our way back. We are like, we're already wet. It was raining slightly. Uh, we had to go out and do some business in the woods. It was a PGI or a WAP. I can't remember. But anyway, we were coming back. We'd already gotten wet. We're like, we don't care. Just this is the way we got to go. We're following the GPS. Just walk. We're not going around this bog. We're just going through it. And anyway, it was good, good. And we're like watching, just as Ben said, looking all out. We can see the floor. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, Matt's gone. Like, I mean gone. <laughs> the water ended up being something like 10 feet deep. It was just, it was like an old root or something from a tree that had dug down and blew over to made this great big pit. And the moss and bog water kind of come over it, made a false bottom, like you said, and just gone out of sight. Well, and that's the other one too. Moss and bottom, but even moss in general, like, just because there's moss there doesn't mean there's anything under moss. <laughs> True story. <laughs> uh, so I, I've, I've experienced that. So yeah, uh, the best defense against all that stuff is a really good walking stick and poking where you step. Uh, if you're unsure, give it a good poke. And if 
it drops down, then you're going to drop down. And I have, I have been the one disappearing. I hit it, went completely under. My buddies are up there like, oh my, where is he to? And then you pop back up and you're like, oh, thank God. And he helped you pull you. The other benefit of the walking stick is if you do go under, if you can get it sideways, a lot of times it'll grab the sides and give you something that you can stabilize yourself out of a hole. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I remember when I fell, I threw my two arms out and my, my elbows were a lot caught. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't think, like, no, no indication that the ground was that unstable up until it was too late. Yeah, it, walking around the woods is always iffy if you can't see rock. That's all I can say. So, um, anyway, uh, the last thing I kind of want to chat about on my end is because I have had a couple people ask about it, not through the podcast or adventure, but, uh, Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures, but just in my everyday day life, people always said, well, why don't you just, you know, put everything in garbage bags and carry those around? In a pinch, you could. Don't get me wrong. A garbage bag is like a large portage bag. That is its benefit and its kind of downfall as well there's no way to really strap it to yourself even if you get some rope and you make like a sling bag out of it or you fashion some straps it's never as comfortable now if that's all you have by all means get at her if that's the only way you got to get in the woods i am not going to laugh at it don't misunderstand i'm just saying if you have the option to pick up a bag uh you are going to enjoy it much better than you will carrying around a garbage bag in all honesty and i and a duffel bag is another one a lot of uh, people i used to camp with they had like uh just the standard duffel bag and that's what they like to use does it work of course and if that's all you have by all means but it's not the same, especially if you're trekking a long way through thick brush. That's where all these things are really going to show their kind of true colors at not being able to be the best for camping. I have an old military duffel bag, so big olive green thing with two big round straps that you can grab on. And you can put those, your two arms through those like back. like. Um, and yeah, if you're walking from the car to the airport, yeah, that's somewhat comfortable. If you're walking... A kilometer or two, that's a little uncomfortable. If you have to walk further than that, it's downright detrimental. And carrying it in your hands is tiring. Um, and it's it takes away your maneuverability. Like, you need to keep your hands free. I was going to say, it's borderline dangerous because it throws off your whole balance. You're heavier on one side, unless, you know, you're carrying it up front, hugging it close to your body. Uh, which is awkward in itself. Now you no longer have your arms. But if you're just dangling it by your side, like a duffel bag is designed to be carried, now you have weighted one of your sides. If, yeah. for instance, you roll an ankle or something on that side, you get all that extra weight. It's going to create more damage to the ligaments and tendons. It's just a recipe for disaster. Um, so if you if that is all you have, once again, I'm not going to knock it. I, I don't frown upon anybody's method of getting out there and having a little fun. Not in the slightest. Just if you have the options between a few, probably wouldn't be my first pick, is all I'm saying. Uh, I think that brings up a really good point, is finding the most comfortable way to carry your gear is probably, in the end, going to be the safest way to carry that gear. Um, other thing options can work. I've seen some pretty interesting things. I've, I've seen, like, the basket system of people just, you know, and mm -hmm. it's yeah and some people say oh it was it was a traditional method it's because that was the method that they had available you know had somebody offered them a modern backpack they would have thrown that basket away and grabbed that modern backpack in a second drastically right uh, 
but everything has its place, right? Um, find a bag that fits, carries what you need to do in a good manner, um, and is comfortable for you in the end. And comfortable for you is only best judged when you've walked a distance with it. So just when you go into the store, especially an unloaded bag, and if you go into a reputable store, they will have like sandbags or weighted items that you can throw in a bag and see what it feels like with 40 pounds in it, with 50 pounds in it. If me and Robert are going with 120 pounds in it. <laughs> Good day trip. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, Ben's right. Uh, a bag, backpack's like a pair of boots. Don't just assume they fit and are going to be great. Do a little walking with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Walk around things that are awkward. If nothing else, stand up on a bench, get off the bench. Stand up on the bench, get off the bench. Bend over. Touch touch your toes while you're wearing it. Grab something from a lower shelf. Do stuff that, that you say, well, I wouldn't have to do that in the woods. But You'd be what surprised you what you do in the woods. Yeah. What if you did? Try taking it off and putting it back on. If it's a lot of work to put that thing back on because of the way the straps tangle up, you're going to get tired of that really quick. Uh and you're going to want to find ways of, of dealing with that. Um, so neat and tight bag helps. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we said putting it on, putting it off. That brings up an interesting question and a little chat where we do have a little extra time because this is part two. Donning and dofting a backpack. Do you do like the winter coat method where it's one arm and then you just kind of shuffle your arms through it? Uh, do you do the over the head method or do you do the fling around method, which is the three methods that in my experience I've used. Uh, and depending on the situation, I use different things. Personally, my go-to, honestly, is just like the old winter coat. You slide one arm through and you kind of half it over your back. You reach around and you pull the other arm through. That's probably my most normal one. This over-the-head thing, no, uh, I don't do that. Now, to uh, be fair, the over-the-head, believe it or not, is probably one of the safest ways to put a backpack on your back. I'm not arguing that. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> this is why it came up. Somebody had mentioned it to me before. Uh, and it, I know it more familiar with the fire service. Uh, yeah. If I have to put an SCBA on or something like that, it's over the head method. Just because of the weight, you can keep it close to you, you keep an eye on it, you don't get wrapped up in the, the straps, crap like that. I understand why it's a better method. It's just not something I commonly use in the woods. I was just curious to see what your thoughts were on it. I just... Personally, it's not uh, a natural movement for me. Uh, I have, in moments of, of almost pure exhaustion, done the lean it up against the tree, sit down next to it, put your two arms through. <laughs> I've done that too at the end of a long trip. But yeah, apparently, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not an expert on this in any way, shape, or form, but I've been told, and it, it seems plausible at least, with the information that I was given, was the over-the-head method with heavier backpacks, providing you're not straining yourself to put it over your head, you know, causing other problems. It's the safest way because you can literally just flip it over, your arms go through, and the whole thing slides down on your back, and then there's no sharp, jarring motions, no chance of pulling muscles, twisting a back, falling, on balancing yourself, etc., etc., right? And that is why it's one of the most recognized ways in the fire services, because same thing, you go to whip that thing around you, uh, fairly heavy tank, you bang it off something, you damage the tank, you bang it off your buddy, you damaged your buddy. I mean, I understand the 
thought process behind it, it it's just not common for me and i didn't think it was going to be for you either ben and i don't imagine it's common for 99 percent of people but there is I information that says that it's probably one of the better ways I think now that you mentioned, I have seen military guys doing it uh, when I was in, but it, it's never been a common one for me. Uh, Oftentimes, too, because I have a lot of stuff dangling off my pack, and I mm. feel like I would get tangled up in it somehow. And that is the other thing. It kind of has to be somewhat secured. The straps aren't so big of a, a deal, but anything yeah. like hanging off the bag probably would not be so great. Though I don't know. I might actually do a little messing around with this over the summer if i have some downtime just to see if i can throw my back out and no i am joking with that i don't want to throw my back out but i can see that's where this is going to lead that's, that's horrible i don't i don't need you injured just we need to get it um so yeah i think we've covered a lot of them the only other thing i have here this is the sort of like a little i'm gonna call it a messenger bag because i'm a man <laughs> <laughs> but if you're just carrying a small pa a small amount of gear maybe a couple of, you know a sandwich maybe something like that uh this this housed a small drone just something that you know just goes over your shoulder that's it it's very simple minimal stuff uh something like that works if you're unsure of the practicality of it just realize that about 50 percent of the population carries a purse and they find it very efficient and useful uh, so small, common things, a system like that, a small messenger bag, uh, it, it, you know. That happens it, to be Melissa's go-to day pack. She has a, yeah. a, a messenger style bag, and it's legitimately called a messenger style bag, purse, whatever you want to call it. That's her go-to day pack. She has a little hatchet built right into the strap of it, and it carries all her little day items, like, you know, her snacks and whatever other things she needs for the woods, and it's, it's a very comfortable system for her oh no i i am by no means knocking it it's it works well like i said like a lot of the population a lot commonly carry everything they carry and something like that um my wife just sort of went to a small sling bag smaller than this one just to try something different for a purse but again it's a similar idea slings over one shoulder and allows you to carry your load the sling bag just pushes it more on your back where instead of at your hip. Mm -hmm. But either way, if you're only carrying a handful of supplies, I would guess less than 10 pounds gen generally and a reasonable volume, it may be the most comfortable, easiest way, and it's accessible. If you don't have to stop and take it off and look at it and get stuff, it's right there. If you want a quick snack or if you want a quick tool or something and be able to keep moving, that system works really well. Haversack. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you mean rucksack there, Scott. Sorry, Ben, there was some comments going on down there. And Scott said rucksack, and I was like, we kind of talked about that. But then he said haversack. And yes, that's uh, Scott himself was actually making some haversacks there. He's been talking to us in the... Uh, Facebook comments, doing some wonderful work there. So if anybody, uh, I don't know if you have a YouTube channel there, Scott, or something like that. If you do, just shoot me the link. I'll throw it in the comment here. Um, he, he actually made a nice one, and haversack is the technical term that I was thinking off for messenger bag. Uh, and it's much the same. It's like over-the-shoulder kind of sack, honestly, uh, or bag. There's Just look up haversack. It's easier than trying to explain it, honestly. But that's exactly what it is. 
Yeah, and and I'm sure there's an ideal size for those, like a range. Uh, but within that range, it is extremely convenient. Um, the other thing I have seen is you got you've seen the ones that just strap to your like one leg, sort of along the hip. The hip. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop lag bag. Something like that. They kind of connect to your belt, and then they drop down basically over your thigh, and then there's the loop that kind of goes around and joins right above your knee. Everything kind of connects to that. I have seen them. I've never used one. I can tell you from a firearms perspective, uh, I've used one of those drop legs as a holster. I was not personally a fan. No. Uh, I have. I know I know some research from you guys I've noticed recently are wearing them. So I know it's something that's, that's there. I've seen, uh, the first bushcraft, um, weekend. Uh, there was a guy, I think his name was Peter and he had his own channel. I can't remember what it was. Peter LaForge. Was he one of the metal workers? What? Was he one of the, the blacksmiths? Okay. No, he wasn't. He was there with, uh, Wayne Callcraven though. I think they were friends. It's a while ago now, man. (laughs) Yeah. His wife had one on at that time. It was one of the first ones I'd seen someone actually wearing. I would be interested in trying a proper one. Like I said, my only only experience with it is like in a holstering kind of capability. If anybody's wondering what I mean by that, a lot of times if you carry a sidearm and you're required to carry a taser or something like that, CW, uh, you'll have a drop leg. That way you can still draw from the same side. That way you're not trying to, you know, draw one with your left hand, one with your right hand. You can draw both with your dominant hand. That's the idea behind it, and it gets it away from your vest or anything else that you need to use. I personally found it kind of in the way. I mean, I understand why it's there. I understand its purpose. I just, I didn't like it. But I'd really like to try one of the bushcraft bag ones to to, to at least give it an honest try. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I just... I'll send you a quick link so you can throw it up if you want. Sure. But it does. It wraps around your leg and it wraps around your waist, I believe. So it keeps it pretty secure. uh, And it's right there. And it's... The other thing is the the collection bags. I think it's in... It's not the proper name, but just hooks to your belt. You can just drop like fire tinder and berry mm. stuff like that. And Mel has a couple of those too. Uh, what they ended up being, excuse me, I have to, I, I think it was for a three hundred three, a Lee Enfield, Lee Enfield, yeah, I think that's it, a Lee Enfield three hundred three. We found it at one of the Army surplus stores, and it was like the cleaning kit bag and a magazine pouch, but they were made of real leather. And she picked them up. We found ones that weren't covered in gun oil and stuff like that. And she carries some basic supplies in the larger one. And the smaller one has a fire kit in it. And she can literally throw that on her belt. And she actually has a surprising amount of stuff with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the neat ones I've seen was completely made of cloth. And it actually rolled up. So when it was on your belt and not in use, it was just a tiny tube, and when you open it up, it dropped down to maybe 12 inches, 6 inches wide, and maybe 3 inches deep. And again, you can store a surprising amount in it. And foraging bag, I think, is maybe Foraging bag, that sounds right. Yeah. So, anyway, this is that drop lag bag that Ben was talking about there. Uh, and as this one does go around your waist, the one that I had seen joined on once again to a load belt or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 
like I said, I, I, I understand the concept. I would be interested to see how this fared out in comparison to my other experience. My concern with anything I have attached to my body is I tend to walk into objects. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, bud. I don't notice it. The thing I walk into might notice it, but definitely anything between us uh, does does get affected. Um, belts, pants, watches. I, I'm good at destroying things. And there's Shockingly. A, <laughs> there's kind of a good picture of that uh, yeah. drop lag kind of on the go there. And like I said, I, I understand the concept. I'd be interested. If anybody has one... Uh, and they're willing to let a fat guy try it on. I'd I'd be all down that road. You might need to just no, no. <laughs> an extra strap to get it. Little little <laughs> extra material, you know. When they start measuring you in yards of material and less than inches, you know you've crossed the line. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's sort of like the list of things. I mean, there's it, there's no such thing as an all encompassing list of ways to carry gear because i've seen people carry a ton of ways but those are some highlight uh probably more common pieces of get kit that you can get that work uh and it really is important to figure out exactly what do you plan on doing and what are you planning on taking and how often do you need it because if it's something you only need once in a while putting it in the back of a pack the bottom of the pack it's okay if it's something you want to be able to grab every day that's where it's it's things that are in your pockets or, or attached directly to your belt you know our knives almost always me or you have like a belt knife mm -hmm. right i know some people have like a neck knife so you can hang something around your neck but you don't want a ton of stuff there so and that was my i'm not against the neck knife and my own little tangent on this i'm not against it if that's your thing once again for me much like the drop lag I found it got in the way more than it was useful, especially when I had a belt knife. Yeah. No, I, uh, I tend to agree with you. Um, oftentimes, with a lot of my backpacks and stuff go across the front. It's just something there that gets either stuck underneath the sternum strap or I got to keep it out or it's bouncing around on my chest and bothering me. Uh, I've got a couple of methods for carrying binoculars. One of them is a whole chest trap. Like it's a chest rig. Mm -hmm. uh, and it actually prevents them from being able to bounce, but you can still pick them up, put them to your eyes, and then you let them go, and they fall in one spot, and they stay there. See, I'd be interested in something like that. Much like you, I don't like stuff bouncing off me. I like everything snug, compact. When I move, I want to know where stuff is. Anything that hangs and dangles and stuff like that, even with backpacks, if it hangs and dangles off, if you move around, it's very hard to predict where that stuff's going to go. Once you can't predict where it's going to go, you never know what's going to happen when it goes off course. Is it going to hit one of your buddies? Is it going to hit a tree and you're going to tear something or break something? Is it just going to fall off? It's going to roll away? If it's heavy, is it going to drag you with it? Too many what-ifs. I don't like uncertainties. No. And anything that's loose and flapping around is going to get hooked up in trees. I lost an awesome knife years ago for that very reason. It had a quick-release method in it. It was a little tiny handle and I was walking through the woods and I'm sure some tree hit that little quick release and next thing you know my knife was gone and the way it dropped it I know the blade was exposed I am just extremely thankful that no one that was close to me ended up stepping on or tripping into or getting hit with that mm. sharp object that I left open in the ground for no reason in fact that it wasn't secure enough 
so uh, that's pretty well close to our hour. Pretty much. Uh, One last comment, if you don't mind there, Ben. It was just Chris Loveless, no. and I kept kept trying to circle back to it, and then I got derailed. Uh, he said, how about a Bushcraft fanny pack? Chris, any fanny pack's a Bushcraft fanny pack if you put the right stuff in it, but Yeah, and the <laughs> butt pack one we had is that we talked about. You know, you it can go on your front, it can go on your back, and a lot of them have this shoulder strap so you can wear it like a messenger base. It's very... Um, multi-use and the one we brought up we talked about had molly webbing to it so it could strip strap to a molly webbing pack and you could also add a few small pouches or items to it so with molly webbing i think we didn't really cover this there are all kinds of clips and mechanisms that you can hook additional gear flashlights pen just a little human. Like, you know what I mean? This is a gimmick knife. I think I've showed it to you before, Ben. It's like one of those little micro knives. Yeah. But I always jam it on the strap. It will cut a piece of rope or something. And it's a good conversation starter, if nothing else. But yeah, yeah it just clips into the molly. Like, yeah. But I, I've seen little pen kits. That, so you can put pens. Little not, uh, flashlights. Um, first aid kits. Little tiny first aid kits that are designed to just hook into molly webbing there's so much you can add to molly webbing it's just amazing on the molly webbing last story i promise uh it's on my i have a vest i wear once again fire service just a radio vest but it came with a little attachment for molly and it'll clip well i think it was for the strap but it clips perfectly into molly and on my bag there's a molly spot right up on the shoulder if you clip it in there those little mag lights will slide right into it and it gives you like a projection light right off it. One of the most amazing little things I've ever had the pleasure of getting my hands on. Search yeah. lumber pack. Alright, we'll do Scott. But lumber. yeah, as Ben said, we're pretty much coming up on our hour there. Even um, though this was a part two. Yeah, so uh I mean we've we've captured that I do keep an eye out this week for that other video. Just shows you how I modified this little pack to be more efficient. Uh, and it's a good little project for anyone who wants to do something similar to other types of packs and stuff. Um, so, hope you guys keep an eye out for that. Uh, other than that, all I have to add is get out there, have some fun. Looking forward to hearing from you. And the uh, you got anything to add? Nope. <laughs> yes, sir. All then. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next week.